Hey everybody, and welcome again to Ancient Ways for Modern Days. My name is Mike Freeman, pastor at Valley Christian Fellowship in Longview, Washington. And today we have transitioned into the second half of Ephesians, which really is the the more practical or application side of the book. First three chapters laid out the gospel of Jesus, the implications for the church, and now we're looking at some of what it looks like to be the church, some of what it looks like to live as the church. And what I want to look at today is how relationally focused we should be as the church. You see on the screen already, our text is Ephesians 4, 30 through 32. And and I want us to connect a few dots here. here. Here's what it says. It says, And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Now, if we go all the way back to Ephesians 1, we saw that the moment we heard and believed the gospel of Jesus Christ, we were sealed by the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God is our guarantee. It's the down payment for that day of redemption, that day where God takes ultimate possession of us for all eternity. It says, do not grieve. This is the idea of do not sadden. Do not um, do not cause tension in the heart of the Holy Spirit. See, we have to remember the Spirit of God is not just this force that floats about. The Spirit of God is a is a person, the third person of the triune God. You have the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Equal, yes, but different. Different. And the Spirit of God has a role in our lives. The Spirit of God dwells in us. The Spirit of God has sealed us. And the Spirit of God, we're going to see in chapter 5, we can be filled by the Spirit as the Spirit leads us in submission to the will of God. But listen, we have the ability to grieve, to sadden, to to hurt the heart of the Spirit of God. Now, we have to understand God in and of himself. We can't actually like make it so that God suffers loss. God is independent. God has no need. Yet the Spirit of God dwells in the believer. And so the believer, as we As we live lives of holiness, we walk in step with the Spirit. And as we choose to live unholy lives, we walk out of step with the Spirit. This is grievous. This is wrong. So it says, instead of grieving the Spirit, instead of living lives that do not honor the Spirit of God that dwells in us, verse 31, it says, let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you. Here's what it says. It says, instead of grieving the Spirit, all of these relational, these poisonous, toxic, relational, emotional kind of um, weights and burdens that we carry. It says, he says, let, let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you. See, to to not grieve the Spirit means to take all of these negative relational emotions and actions and get rid of them, to to crucify them, to to, to have no part of them. Instead, this is the default relationship. This is the standard relationship between believers especially. It says, be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ Christ forgave you. Now, when I was in seminary, this verse was drilled into me as the most important counseling verse ever. And and it it worked. I have counseled countless couples 
I have preached this verse regularly because this is the roadmap. If we don't want to grieve the Spirit, if instead we want to walk in step with the Spirit, walk in line with the, the Spirit of God that dwells in a believer, we, we, we put away the bitterness and the wrath and the anger and the clamor and the slander and the malice, all these negative relational ties, we put those away. And instead, we are kind to one another. This kindness is a kindness of service. We do what is best for each other. We're not looking for what we can get out of a relationship, but rather what we can give to the relationship. And then it says tenderhearted. This is, some versions say compassionate. This is, I want to understand life from your perspective. Uh, to the best of my ability, I want to feel what you feel. If someone's suffering loss, we, we, we weep with those who weep. If someone, someone has heartache or heartbreak, if someone's going through a a physical trial, their body, there's an issue physically, we we come alongside them. We're tenderhearted to their life circumstance. And then it says, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. See, this says to the level that we've been forgiven by God in Christ, that's the level we forgive. We look at ourselves and we realize the depth of forgiveness we've experienced all of our sin, all of our shame. It has been forgiven in full. And so now we look at those who have sinned against us with a posture of forgiveness. We forgive how God has forgiven us. Now we remember we receive that forgiveness by faith. And when we repent of our sins, that, that that's part of this forgiveness. That means if there are those who are constantly belligerent or harmful, they don't have repentance. We have a heart of forgiveness toward them, but we're, we're looking for them to turn to the Lord and, and to repent for that forgiveness to be enacted. Yet we, we foster the same heart posture the Lord has toward us. See, we, we don't grieve the Spirit. Instead, we walk in the Spirit. We walk, at the beginning of chapter 4, we walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which we have been called. Chapter 4 says we don't walk as the Gentiles. We don't walk in our old life. Instead, now we walk in a way that is in step with the Spirit of God. This is the ancient way for our modern day. You know, your homework as you turn this off is to slowly read through Ephesians 4, 30 through 32 again. And, and then prayerfully go to the Lord and say, where am I grieving your spirit? And how can I instead put away these negative evil things and instead walk in kindness, tenderheartedness, and forgiveness?